Hey Curious Conneries, Dylan here. We just want to give you a heads up that the following program contains conversation relating to topics that may or may not include physical and sexual assault and self-harm and mistreatment of different cultures. We are in no way condoning these things. But given that Sean Connery has acted in films going back many years, they've tended to come up. To spin a phrase from Disney, many of these films include negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures that were certainly wrong then and are definitely wrong now. But rather than not discuss this content, we'd like to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and create conversation for a richer future. Stay curious, folks. And now, on to our show. Hello, everybody. My name is Dylan Titus. And I am Mario Lima. And welcome to the fifth episode? Yeah. Wait, is fifth it? or sixth? It might be sixth. Sixth, yes, the sixth episode of the Connery Curious Podcast. Wow. Which actually means that this is the seventh episode. And for um, uh, sorting and labeling purposes, I've labeled these as episode 00, 001, which means this is 006. And the next one, (laughs) if we get a Bond film on the wheel. That would be fate right there. That that would would be, be oh my God. Indeed. Let's let well, us pray. Welcome, folks. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, this is the Connery Curious podcast. You will you've had you would have had to have known something about it to have landed on here, but um, yeah, this is the the podcast where Mario Lima and I go through the entire filmography of Sir Sean Connery, film by film, week by week, totally random as determined by our wheel of curiosities. Uh, Mario, how you doing today? Doing okay. Hanging in there. Um, I'm I'm pretty excited to talk about this because I feel like it definitely was. I mean, anything could be an improvement, but I feel like this is an improvement from last week where yes. I was like, okay, we got a good performance here. We got a yes. we got a respectful Connery in this film, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to discuss it. Me too. Me too. How are you doing today? Other than, Me, I'm, other than that. I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there, feeling a little under the weather. I know you're feeling a little under the weather as I, well. I am. For listeners at home, I've got the COVID. So any uh, muffling you hear, it's me wearing a mask in front of my microphone in my shared office. <laughs> I thought you were going to so, say with your shirt off. Yes, with my shirt off too. <laughs> um, yes, I'm, I'm wearing a mask, but I'm rubbing my armpits all over everything. <laughs> Because that's how we transmit COVID, through the armpits. And uh, Spotify, don't slap us with a misinformation sticker. These are jokes. Anyway, um, thankfully, it just feels like a cold. Um, But I'm doing pretty well today, all things considered. Yeah, same here. A little sniffly, but pushing through, man. Uh, So I got to mention real quick. Uh, Mention real quick. I'll say we might. This might be a little delayed, but can we talk about this awesome little fan message we got on Instagram? Oh yes, we can. Yes, we can. Please, let's talk about it. Oh man, 
Uh, so I guess a shout out to uh, Paul Lally. I don't know if I'm saying your name right. Lally, Lally. I think that's how you say it. Lally. Yes. Paul Lally, who seems to be a fellow Bond fan. A curious Connery. Uh, so there's a fun uh, little voice message. I'll have Dylan insert it here. Yes. Well, this is a message for Mario and Dylan. Thank you, gentlemen, for such a sterling podcast. I look forward to further episodes. What a fantastic <laughs> impersonation. That I is felt a phenomenal. I felt like I got a personal message from Connery himself from the heavens. And it's it's <laughs> made it's made me want to work on my impression much more. I feel like I Dude. get to a place where I can hit it on like if I'm in the van, I feel like I do impressions better in the, in my work van because I'm alone. <laughs> I'll be like sitting to myself like, yes, well, I guess we're going to go down to Providence, Rhode Island and drop off some tater touch. And, you know, and I. I well, we all do our best bits when we're alone in the car yeah. or the <laughs> shower. Yes. And then when I'm like, when I'm like, I, I prep something for the show. And I try to bring it here. and I feel like it's not effective as it was when I practice it. And I'm like, that's a, a shame. So I keep listening to Paul's imp- impersonation and how it, it's so weird to heal to hear Dylan and Mario. It just it was so cool and Dude, that brought such joy to me. And when I texted you, I said, "Just check the Instagram now. I don't care what you're doing, <laughs> Paul. I hope you made us so happy. So thank you. We've just started this podcast, and to know that we have a fan that cares enough to do an absolutely stellar Sean Connery impression and send it to us, th- or maybe he's a necromancer and communes with the dead, <laughs> and he's been showing Sir Jean this podcast." You know, you never know. You, ne- you never know. Anything's possible. So, like, yeah, we, we appreciate that. And anybody else. Thank you, who, Paul. Who, whoever else wants to send in an impression. That could be a fun way to have people review the show. To give yes. us a review. Yes. Like a 10-second a, a review in your best Connery impression. Send it over to Connery Curious, either at our Gmail, ConnerCurious at gmail.com, or hit us up on Instagram like Paul did. And we'd, we'd love, love to hear. I love that idea. Uh, though I will say, let's limit it to a minute. A minute, okay. A minute, yeah. Because if somebody's got a good impersonation and a good thing to say, let's not cut them off at 10 seconds. Yeah, I want to hear more. So if you, got, if you got a review that you can give in a minute's worth of audio in your best Sean Connery impression, it doesn't have to be a good review. You can say the podcast sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but as long as it's Connery, it, yeah. it's, it's clear. Like, yes, I agree. Short of a Valiant was just okay. <laughs> <laughs> though I'm going to be honest. I kind of want to rewatch Sword of the Valiant. Me too, just because. <laughs> so a little behind the scenes thing. Me and Dylan, uh, on our like personal messages, we sent back to each for each other for like you know editing purposes and discussing what we're gonna do. We always send each other the clip of <laughs> of Sean Connery. Who's going to deal me my blow? <laughs> and then I uh, I like the the cut you did with him blowing into the uh, the orb. Into the orb. Well, I reversed it so it looks like he's sucking it up. <laughs> I, I sent that to uh, our uh, mutual friend Andrew Lima, and I and I <laughs> captioned it: uh, "The edible laughing at me while I'm passed out on the couch." Because <laughs> he look he does look like a like a like a like a bit of weed, doesn't he? I call him Weed Gene Simmons. <laughs> weed right? Gene Simmons, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Or Gene, Gene Simmons of the forest. So like he he's like that. That's like my. My sleep paralysis demon is the Green Knight. <laughs> uh, that, that or him in the bear outfit. <laughs> That's your sleep paralysis demon is the bear outfit. <laughs> it's the Green Knight. 
We should do. Okay. Quick, quick aside. Talking about dreams. Yes. Because I'm sick, I had Nyquil last night, and Uh-oh. Nyquil just messes with my dreams like crazy. <laughs> and last night, for the entire time that I was dreaming, I, you know the what they, you know how they describe biblical angels. You ever seen a picture of like a biblical angel, mm. like a clockwork orbs and wires and gears and shit? Yes. It was basically like that, and it had. Just all over, forgive me, podcast listeners, I don't mean to talk to you about my dreams, but it was just two bands, like two metal bands on all sides of these things, and they were just constantly rotating. So at any point facing me were two metal bands. Metallica and, and Megadeth. Te- yes, I don't, know if <laughs> I don't know if that's telling me to get a metal band or two, or to keep things in twos, like you and me doing this podcast. You know, Not to say we couldn't have guests or something, but I don't know. Man, it, it was it was the universe and Nyquil trying to tell me something. Probably just Nyquil. Probably just me tripping as I thought. <laughs> Intrigued anyway. either way. <laughs> well, let's get into today's film. All right. After all that rambling, what do you say? I say let's make it so. And what is today's film if not 1979's Cuba? Cuba. Or Cuba, however you want to pronounce it. Directed by Richard Lester and starring Sean Connery, portraying the build-up to the 1958 Cuban Revolution. I like this movie. <laughs> I thought it was good because this is the one what like we kind of looked after we recorded together last week. We're kind of like, uh-oh, like a lot of reviews saying this is kind of a stinker. And I read some reviews after I watched it, and there are, there are a few positive reviews. People, some people do like it. Some people are very against it. Uh, some people thought it was boring. I can understand all of those. Yeah, it's like there were, and, there were and some. This was not a great film by any means. Yeah, there were some some times when I was I was checked out for sure. Um, but you know, all in all, I thought it was I thought it was an okay film. And again, I think it's a upgrade from last week's film where we got no Connery. That's when we get a lot of well, Connery. Uh, we got a little Connery, a and little. we didn't want it. Yeah, but this Connery, we, we got I no Connery that we wanted last week. Yes, last week's film, Action of the Tiger. Sean Connery portrays a uh, a ship first mate on a ship that is uh, well, too horny. Too horny. Far too horny. We'll keep it at that. And this is a very classy <laughs> bond. Like, I I can just, just to, like, uh, I, I pulled a quote. This is later in the film, but I'll just say the quote now. This is a this is a Sean Connery quote from this film. I wonder if it's the same one I have. Uh, I said, he doesn't beat you or something dreadful like that. Oh, no, I don't have that one. And then, <laughs> then he says, I would break his neck. So I was like, that's a very different one. But there is the, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'll say it, if I'll say if it's, I'll say if it's the one. No, you say it. Uh, we'll see if we have the same one. Can I remember the quote uh, off the top oh, of my head? Uh, what are you doing after the revolution? Mind your business, senor. Well, that's a perfectly reasonable response, chum. <laughs> okay, that was that one. That was a funny one. But no, there was that one where the escort is outside he was talking to him, and he's like, it's like "Oh yes, yes, because I can't. It, it, I don't go for anything I can't afford." Yeah, and I was like, "That's that's a classy <laughs> line." Yeah. I was like, "How how for, like nice. for context?" A, a prostitute is trying to proposition him repeatedly, and going, "I'm very pretty. Don't you want me? Don't you want me?" And Connery smooth talks his way out of it by going, "Well, I 
never buy anything I can't afford or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he talks his way out of it by giving her a compliment. It's pretty suave. Yeah, super suave. So and I, was and I also made a Bond comparison in that moment. His mannerisms are very still left over from like Thunderball. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is nine nine yeah. years after Diamonds. Eight, eight years. So okay, so it's like yeah, this is the first you know like kind of I don't know. Uh, well, we haven't seen all the films yet, but like it's 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 like it's still in that era where it's not too far away from Bond, but it's like mm-hmm. it's in the middle years before Never Say Never Again. Uh, Only so. four years, four years before Never four Say years. Never. That's right. So. Interesting. He's, uh, Sword of the Valiant is five years after this. And uh, like uh, talking more Connery, he looks real good. Like when he has his I shirt have off. That as a note, where Connery looks good. Yeah. Yeah, because like I, I like I, I guess that I, I can't wait to see Never Say Never Again because it's like every time I think of that movie, I I always imagine him looking really rough. And but like I'm looking at him in this film, I'm like, wow, he still looks like a million bucks. Do you think after we watch that film, we won't want to watch it again? So we'll we'll say, I n- I'll never see never say never again. <laughs> again. <Ever. laughs> I'll never I'll yeah I'll never see never say never again again. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I said, like uh, I'm like I'm intrigued now because like I'm like man, I want to see it so bad because it's like one of those movies where it's like. In your mind, you're like, "Oh yeah, it's 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 dreadful," but really, never it's say like, never? yeah, it's like I, I haven't seen I it. I'd never say never again. I'm, I'm just trying to. I, I don't remember much of it, so I'm like, I gotta, I gotta. There's uh, a lot of stuff that sticks with me from that film. The it, opening, the the training sequence. That one, um, I remember that always, and I remember uh, too many free radicals. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, hold on, hold on. I got uh, uh, oh Klaus Maria Brandauer. I didn't even look it up. Klaus Maria Brandauer. Um, when he's talking to Kim Cattrall, she's like, "Well, what would you do if I ever leave you? I will uh, slit your throat." <laughs> like it's not it's not encouraging, but it's like a good performance. Yeah, you know, there's everyone's good in that movie. So fingers crossed, we get those uh, those soon because I'll be our Thunderball Never Say Never Again special. That's gonna exactly. be exactly. We'll be doubling up as for those of you who. Haven't tuned in. We uh, we made a little deal with ourselves because they're based off the same script. If we get Thunderball, we're gonna do Thunderball and Never Say Never again. And if we do Never Say Never again, we're gonna do Thunderball first. Yes, we're just gonna tackle the two of them together. Yes, and we do have a guest. For, we won't announce yet, but we do have a guest for Never Say Never again. So we'll be excited to drop that info on you guys. It'll be very exciting. I dig it. I dig it. Anyways, all right. So let's. Um, I was thinking, let's go through the wiki. Uh, synopsis of this film as we usually do. Yeah, I think we got a we got a pretty short-ish paragraph. Short so uh, it's uh, f- f- six tiny little fragments. Uh, let's go through it. Former British major and mercenary Robert Dapes, Sean Connery, arrives in Cuba under General Bellows, Martin Balsam, uh, under General Bellows' orders as part of the dictator Fulgencio Balista's forces. He is to train the Cuban army to resist Fidel Castro's revolt. Before he even begins his task, he encounters an old flame, Alexandra Lopez de Pulido, played by Brooke Adams, who he repeatedly pursues. The plot winds around the tremendous wealth of the Cuban leaders, the mainly American tourists with their seemingly endless money, 
the poverty-stricken and ex-urban slums where many Cubans live, and the rum and cigar factory owned by Alexandra's selfish husband, Juan Pulido, played by Chris Sarandon, and managed by Alexandra. When Alexandra's husband takes her out and expects her to drink with a potential factory investor and his prostitute, she leaves the restaurant and meets Robert. Furious with her husband, she spends time with Robert, reminiscing about their affair in North Africa when she was 15 and he was 30. They go to a motel and make love. They care for one another, but Robert will not stay in Cuba. The following day, the Cuban workers strike, including those in Alexandra's factory. Robert is taken captive by several Cuban rebels, which lead an attack against a military facility. Robert escapes and, alienated with the corrupt Cuban government that he has come to loathe, aids the rebels in defending the government troops. Alexandra watches events pass by, believing life will soon return to normal. Robert begs her to leave, either to be with him or simply to escape Cuba. She refuses. Alex's husband is killed by the same Cuban rebel who stalked Robert throughout the film. Ultimately, Robert, not seeing Alexandra at the airport, boards the aircraft to escape with other foreigners. Meanwhile, Alexandra is present outside the fence, weeping as she watches Robert board the aircraft. Robert and most of the other American, British, and wealthy Cubans flee from Cuba as Fidel comes to power while Alexandra remains behind, alone, to face an unknown future under the new communist government. The End. All right, folks, this has been Connor Curious. <laughs> I'm Dylan Titus. I'm Aurelia. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, so two-hour flick. I liked it. I thought it was a. It could have been a little shorter, perhaps. Uh, I didn't mind the length. I thought the length was appropriate. Mm. Um, it could have just been used a bit better. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I keep burping. Um, shall we get into our notes? Uh, sure. Um, uh, so this go ahead my first note was so a little behind the scenes here uh so i had a small issue uh with my copy because i had a bit of a subtitle <laughs> on and for some reason oh no it was the uh it was the audio for the visually impaired visually impaired yeah. and so <laughs> it would i it was reading the credit opening credits and the first shot is Connery and he's like I think he's on a plane and he's rubbing he's a taking a drink. He has like a scotch glass like on his forehead and he, it's his name pops up it says Sean Connery. And, and to make things even more confusing, the score to the opening of the film is a dude like jazz scatting. Not my 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 exact note. And then you just hear Sean Connery. My my exact note is cha cha boo be Sean Connery jaboo boo be. So that was that was a lot of fun, uh, but. Yes, su- super interesting uh, music. Uh, I guess some would say this could be, if, if you're a Die Hard fan, people say Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Does this make this a Christmas movie as well? Because there's a lot of Christmas mov- music in this movie. There's a lot of Christmas in this movie, and not one Christmas tree, not a lick of snow. And I wonder, if I'm, I'm looking at the production here, Cuba was shot in Spain in December 1978. You think that's just... Like circumstance, like where they just, uh, but also the Cuban Revolution. Let's see. 
Yeah, release the uh, yeah, release the twenty first. So I mean, I guess yeah, I guess this is a Christmas movie. I guess. Oh, okay. Yep. The Rebels finally outed Batista on December thirty first, nineteen fifty eight. Ah, there we go. So it's a Christmas movie. It's it. it you heard it here first. Cuba from nineteen seventy nine is a Christmas, a Christmas movie. Put yeah, it on your uh, list. Well, that's one of my notes. Is um, excuse me. Um, where is it? Oh, Jingle Bell Rock stripper. And then another note is. It's Christmas, question mark? <laughs> so, yeah, this is a Christmas movie. It is super interesting. It's our first Connery Christmas movie. Do you think it'll be the only one? I don't know, man. I'm willing to bet there's Christmas in Finding Forrester. It's a film about a lonely writer helping a, uh, a poor child from, like, the streets. I, I don't mean that as a negative term. I just don't. I'm just thinking, like, how it was pitched. You know what I mean? It's like, it's one of those... Um, White savior movies from the 90s, you know what I mean, where an older white person helps out the underprivileged urban community. Oh, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm willing to bet there may be a Christmas in there because he's a lonely old man. And I'm guessing that the young man Forrester is going to be or, or old man or whatever. Either way, either way, the young man is going to be like, I got to go make sure old man Sean Connery is not lonely at Christmas because he's a lonely old man. There's a chance. Let's see. Uh, my next note here <laughs> is <laughs> we got to talk about the audio in this film. Uh, I did coffee can bongos horribly mimed. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I the I will say that whole opening sequence, I, I uh, heart, heart for that opening sequence and the score, especially. Yeah, I thought that it was a great score, score that starts with the man like rhythmically spitting beca- gradually becomes more real instruments. It's really good. There's some good music in this movie. Oh, yeah. Who does the music? Let's see. Music by Patrick Williams. Patrick huh. Dunn. Let's what else see. Has he done? Huh. Oh, a lot of films. A lot of films. Butch Cassidy. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not, uh, Butch and Sundance, the early days. That's a different film. Um. It's a lot of like, it's a lot of films that I have not seen. I tell you that. A lot of from like, from like tele- sixty eight to ninety nine. Oh, the television, television. Oh, Monk. Yeah, and um, Columbo. Uh, <clears throat> so on the subject of Monk, also he did the Magician with Bill Bixby. Um, but on the subject of Monk, Brooke Adams, the female lead in this film, is married to Tony Shalhoub. Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I liked her in this film. She was really good. Yeah, I thought Brooke so, Adams. too. I really feel for her character a lot. She's she's just in the shit, man. Yeah. Her, her, she's married into a very wealthy family, which is... She's secured her position, which is good. I mean, I, I, in terms of her as a, in the story, I, whether you view that as an honorable thing for a person to do is on you. But um, she is in a decent spot in her life. She is managing her uh, in-laws' family's tobacco factory and doing a damn good job of it, while her shitty husband, who is the part of the family that owns it, is 
drinking all his time away and sleeping all his time away with other women, especially one that works in the factory. Uh, and then he come, has the balls to come and be like, honey, can I have money so I can take out this investor? <laughs> Um, Jack Weston as Larry Gutman is the investor. Yes. Um, I did think that was an interesting name to give a, um, a larger character. <laughs> like, I get it. I need to lose a few pounds, but really Gutman? <laughs> right. Why don't you just call me uh bill fat piece of shit? <laughs> um, I'm not shaming. I it's it's like... just, uh, the, the movie is implying something. It's here. like, it's like, it's like a less Grossman. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Well, <clears throat> the pun there being is that by adding all that makeup onto Tom Cruise, he is then a less gross man. Oh, bottle. Burn. Yeah, Tom Cruise, you use child slave labor. What? Um, anyway, uh, uh, next note Man with Ink on Fingers, who we la- later find is Larry Gutman. Yes. I did think that was an interesting introduction to his character. He's just like, there's ink on my fingers. <laughs> and then he you never see the ink on his fingers again. He's like pouring alcohol and you'd be like, that alcohol bottle should be all covered in ink. <laughs> <clears throat> um uh awkward cut to Sarandon and the prostitute. I thought she was a prostitute. She's actually the worker in the factory. Oh yeah, I think I wrote uh awkward <laughs> licks, not Connery for once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like in the middle of like a like just in the middle of the factory, just like Yeah. And she's so bland. I love you. Yeah, I, I thought like because I I felt like uncomfortable because I'm like oh like he's probably doing this against her will. But then she's like, no, I am into it. I love you. And I was like, that's that's a little weird. But yeah, well, I mean, if you love him, then maybe have a face like you just came. <laughs> I don't know, like acting. Pick a pick a choice. I am still. I love coming. you. What was that? I am still coming. <laughs> yes. I I am feeling pleasure. You provide me pleasure and I love you for it. It's a Thank you. It's a fembot. <laughs> okay. All right. Nicole and I watched Austin Powers a couple weeks ago. She had never seen the first one. She'd never seen any of them. Ooh. Or or not like really since they came out or whatever. It it, it wasn't fresh in her mind. So we rewatched the first one. There is a great gag at the end of that film. So uh, Austin has Dr. Evil corner or whatever. It's when Austin and Dr. Evil finally are together in the same room. And uh, number two walks out and he goes, no, Dr. Evil, I'm not, I've spent 30 years turning this company into a legitimate business and you're just wasting time being an evil Bond villain. No, I'm just going to take my stuff and go. And he's carrying a suitcase out. And watch that suitcase. Sticking out of both sides are a blonde wig and a pair of legs. Yeah, yeah. He's taking a Fenbot home with him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. Uh, and and just the gag of it being stuffed into a suitcase. <laughs> a very small suitcase, too. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a reasonable size one, but still smaller than a human. <laughs> I love those films so much, man. Uh, there, there's some gems in there for sure. Which one's the one? <clears throat> it might be the second one. Oh, no, it might be the, the one where uh, Dr. Evil goes to like the Villains Anonymous and they have like like Jaws is there, an odd job. 
Oh, I don't remember. And he's I think like, that, is that a deleted scene? I think it's a, I think it's in the like it's like a mid credit scene. I think. Hmm. Oh yes, and yeah, Richard Keel's there. Yes, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's uh, super funny, man. Like uh, oh, th- those those films are the best. Huh. Yeah, I'll find it. Hmm. Anyway, Doctor Evil's villain meeting stop motion published two weeks ago. What the fuck? What the hell? Anyway, <laughs> um. All right, that's a wormhole I didn't need to go down. Um, <clears throat> did you hear about this thing called the Black Alien Project? Anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I finally cleansed it from my mind. <laughs> uh, so there's guns hidden in the factory. They, um, uh, Juan, uh, Alexander's husband Juan, played by Chris Sarandon. He's apparently got people hiding in the factory. Yeah, he like pays him money to like let him have sex with. Ter- I didn't get this. Did you get this? Not at all. I was actually confused about it myself. Yeah, there were many instances where I was very confused by the layout of things. And he's like, he seems to be aware that there are people and guns hiding in the because factory. So, so doesn't so he pays him right? It looks like that's what because it, it, when he, again uh, we watched it on a very low quality copy. Yeah. So we we literally watched this in in. 360p if you like, if you go back it looks like when he's about to walk off to the uh the, the hatch with the weapons in it he like he drops the he throws the money on the floor i think it's the money yes yes so i was kind of like what what's happening like what yeah i i didn't know if he was like if he was the, the john or the or the pimp excuse me and 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 juan is the john <laughs> he's the juan um <clears throat> Yeah, I didn't know if that that revolutionary was supposed to be like the pimp or something. It took me a while to piece a lot of these things together and then to find he was just a revolutionary, I think, that was maybe stashing stuff in that factory for convenience. I don't know. Oh. Um There's a little man reading in the factory. <laughs> His name is David Rappaport. Uh he was an English actor with act a chondro Achondroplasia. Please forgive me if I've said that wrong. Achondroplasia. He appeared in Time Bandits and The Bride. And also the show The Wizard. Oh, no. This is a different The Wizard. Not The Wizard with Bill Bixby. Huh. Anyway. Uh, So, yeah. His biggest role was in Time Bandits. Huh. Hmm. Anyway. uh, I liked him. And especially... Uh, cause he's playing a big role at the end. He's like, I've got a gun and holding hostages. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a big come up. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. My next note is the cigar roller. In that factory, you see all the cigar rolling machines. Yes. There are two shots specifically of this mach- of one machine that rolls cigars at the dispensary that I used to work at last year. That let me go last year. Actually, it'll have been a year in about a week. Um, they had one of those machines, like the exact machine. Really? Like the exact machine that is in that film. So much so that I think it may be the machine. <laughs> <laughs> because I was there when the machine got delivered, and it got delivered from Cuba. Are you serious? Dead serious. Oh, my God. That could, yeah. that could be uh, important Connery memorabilia. 
It could be, and I'll never be allowed back there again. Oh, <laughs> we'll find a way. I'll have, to, I'll have to hit up. Tony, Tony, if you're out there, Tony, you know who you are. Hit me up. Let me know how you got that machine running. Because you worked like a, a, you worked your, your ass off on that machine making it run to, to roll us up blunts. Because weed is not this, cannabis is not the same consistency as tobacco. <laughs> anyway, so it was just crazy seeing that machine in there. Like I sent it to somebody I used to work with. And they're like, oh my God, it, it might be that machine. Wow. Like, even like some of, I know, again, we're watching it in 360p, so it's not high definition detail, but even some of like the scoring. And granted, this movie is uh, 44 years old now, or f- almost 44 years old. It was still like similar scoring on there. You know what I mean? Like damage and, yeah. and dense. Like, it looked like the same machine. I know this is probably so incorrect it probably is not but there's a very good chance that it is <laughs> I'd, I'd be willing to believe it because <laughs> i as far as i know that company bought that machine had it imported from from cuba and it sat around for a while because no because <laughs> we had to have like our most intelligent engineer come in and work on it god damn Anyway, so that's an aside. So as soon as I saw that, I got all excited, and it's featured for more than one shot. So, um, what else? Uh, my next note is fuck one, <laughs> fuck one, and I wrote I, I wrote that twice. Fuck one, one sucks. One does suck. Chris Sarandon is really good at playing assholes and things. <laughs> I've I it's, I've had never seen him anything in, in anything until last year when Nicole and I watched Child's Play for the first time. Oh yeah. And then I watched Princess Bride for the first time. So I've, I'm just seeing Chris Sarandon in all kinds of stuff now. Um, did, did you find his, uh, going back to the audio, I do have a note saying weird microphone levels. Yes. Yeah. It's, it seems like a lot of this wasn't leveled out in post. But again, I don't know how much of that is from our DVD copy. Which is old. Yeah. Yeah, because it was kind of like, like early days of DVD. Yeah, because it sounded like, like it sounded like they were like maybe following them around that factory with a boom arm. Mm, and, yes. but like you hear Juan's voice right up, right up front like this. And then you hear, you know, Guzman mm. like this. Mm. And it was, uh, and, and fluctuating throughout the scene too. Yes. So that's why I was like, I was like, because there was definitely some like some dubs in this film. But like, mm-hmm. I was always kind of like listening in closely to be like, you know, what's what's a dub and what's not. And like, I'm like, that sounds like they're filming it in the room. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't sound right. Well, it sounds right for the room, but it just doesn't sound clean. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there were definitely a lot of points where I'm like, what is being said here? And the DVD copy. I have didn't come with subtitles, so. Mm. Did yours? No, I, uh, I I tried. Tried. I was like, damn. Yeah, there were a, a few lines of dialogue that I missed, especially with Connery's. Does the S H? They're they're kind of they're pretty aged in this one. Yeah, the S's are pretty aged in this movie. Not thoroughly. Uh, not uh, as much as the Avengers, uh, but they're there. I would say we're like seventy percent aged. Like yes, uh, yeah, six, sixty to seventy. Just about that. I will say, uh, I have for a note here. I call. I said the old dape trick, 
And it was ah. <laughs> when we introduced his character, and I think uh, one of the officers or something calls him Daps. Yes. Actually, actually it's Dapes. <laughs> ah, well, you wrote the old Dapes trick. I wrote the old Blender trick. <laughs> oh, yes. Because <laughs> he and Alex are going out for a day on the town. And they sit at a bar and they wake the guy up so he can make them a drink. And he starts putting it in the blender. But he forgets, he forgets to tighten the lid. And the blender sprays the drink all over everywhere. And Connery has to grab Alex and pull her away so she doesn't get all soaked by the drink. And it leads to a tender kiss. And like what, what a charming, like, like realistic smile, too. Like I feel like I, we haven't seen Sean Connery smile like that. I was like, oh, it's like a... That was like a nice, heartwarming little scene, and it wasn't creepy, which I was totally happy about. Uh, forgive me there. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Yes, he was very good in in those scenes where he's in love. He's he's good. It's very reminiscent of um, what did I compare it to? Uh, a little bit like Quantum, maybe. Like just uh, just you, you rarely see Connery in love, and I just like that whole hell a little bit. Her Majesty's, you know what I mean? Yes. Just like yeah. I feel like this is the Majesty's we could have gotten, which I was, yeah. I, was, I was into. Man, I want I, I want to see that cut that that version so bad. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Well, again, like we said, somebody out there that can do deep fakes, do do them for the right reason and put Lazenby. Uh, put uh, Connery into Honor Majesty's and, and we could call Paul to record the lines. Oh, the dialogue! Yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to AI the shit. Yeah. Oh, Paul, you gonna help us out with this? Paul. Tell, Paul, tell us you know somebody that can do deepfake stuff. There you go. And then not not don't do it on us. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, All right, what do you got? Yeah, Connery. Does, Connery looks good in this movie. Yeah, he's, he's got an energy to him. Yeah, it looks like a million bucks. I, I like that. Like, um, yeah, yeah. It's, I'd say like two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. yeah, it's like uh, it's more money than I have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like uh, he looks like it's so weird to pick, pinpoint his age because he looks so old and never say never again. But he still looks pretty damn young, and like it makes me like wonder what if he was still Bond at this point? Like I feel like he still would have pulled it off. <clears throat> you know, yeah, you know? his heart wouldn't be in it. Yeah, that's. I think he's. Yeah, I think he's good in these movies because there's no commitment to being a franchise character, being somebody that people want him to be. And I think that's one of the things. Besides the fact that he was getting screwed over money wise by Saltzman and Broccoli, I think one of the things that really hurt him, like they went to Japan to film "You Only Live Quite Live Twice," and they had literally had people like going underneath the bath the door of a bathroom stall, like trying to take pictures of him as he's taking a shit. Yeah, like. So I think he was just like, I'm done with being James Bond. Yeah. I'm done with being with being who people want me to be. And he came back, and you see it in Diamonds. He's not happy in that movie. Oh, yeah. And then Never Say Never Again, he's got a little bit of energy because there's 12 years on, and he's not working with the people that screwed him over. Right. And there's a sense of like, well, let's all get back at them. And you're going to give me a bunch of say in the movie because I'm your star. So, Absolutely. All right, what do you got next on your noting uh, notes? What do I got next? What do I got next? Um, <clears throat> I, a, a lot of these actors are not Spanish. Yeah. Um. The, I mean, there's a lot. Of, uh, Den Holm Elliott is. I mean, obviously these are the British ones, but um, Martin Balsam is not Spanish. 
Chris Sarandon's not Spanish. Um, I mean, I don't. I'm not assuming. I'm I'm assuming these people's backgrounds, but just looking them up, it's all the American actress, American actor, American actress, uh, Brooke Adams, American actress, uh, Lynette McKee, American actress who played Teresa. Um, it's a lot of American actors in this movie. Um, and I'm just curious what what the deal with that is. Um, just because it was like a, a an American production or a or he's based in the UK, huh? Huh. I need to read some more about Dick Lester's work. Wow, he's still alive. How old is he? 1990. Ni- uh, he's 90. 1932 he was born. Wow. Wow. Whoa, whoa. Huh. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, folks. Uh, this is riveting podcasting, as I say every week. It's just me reading Wikipedia. Um, other notable works as director include The Three Musketeers from 1973 and its two sequels, Robin and Marion, 1976, which is one of our Connery films, and Butch and Sundance, The Early Days, which was another one with music by Patrick Williams. Yeah. And stars Tom Berenger and William Cat. Huh. And what uh, other people may best know Richard Lester for um, is he directed Superman 3 and finished Superman 2 after Richard Donner was kicked off of it. But most importantly, I think, he did Hard Day's Night and Help which is also a callback to when we did The Man Who Would Be King. And uh, folks, uh, check our social media. You'll see the video for The Man Who Would Be King synced up with A Hard Day's Night. Um, uh, but yeah, so another callback to, to The Beatles. Hell yeah. And speak, oh, speaking of callbacks and connections, uh, we had a couple of Bond connections in this. Uh, I noticed that as well. Go ahead. Yeah, so one being uh, Walter, uh, how Walter Gattel, Gattel uh, which uh, for some reason I didn't know. Go tell it on the mountain. <laughs> for some reason, th- I, I've never heard. Is that his actual speaking voice, the English accent? It sounds like that's his speaking name, but he yeah, he's a, a German actor. Yeah, because every time I, um, I always think of him as, you know, from Spy Who Loved Me as the yeah, German actor. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And... The second Bond one, do you know what it is? Um, Is it? Hold on. Hold on, because I just had. Okay. Is it Christopher Lee? I have in my notes, okay. Scaramanga yep. okay. Dracula. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because it's um, uh, the cur- uh. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to be sure. Hammer. Hold on. Hammer, Cushing, Lee, Dracula. Which one specifically is it? I think it might be the first one, yeah, 1958's, think, yep, 1958's Dracula. Yeah, yep. I thought that was super so it cool. Would be, it would be that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah which, I, I want to see that movie. I, I've seen bits and pieces of it, and I was like, oh, man, because I, 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 I remember someone in conversations talked about Christopher Lee playing Dracula. I'm like, I got to see that, and I saw like bits of it, but I want to watch the whole thing for sure. HBO recently had the Hammer movies on there. Let me see if they still do. There's the the mummy, at least nineteen fifty eight. Uh, horror of Dracula. Uh, either way, uh, yeah, I definitely want to see it as well. Cause yeah, Christopher Lee as Dracula is too tempting of a concept. Hell yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, two two Bond connections in this film. 
Uh, and I'm, I'm sure we'll find another one as we go. Um, what else we got? <clears throat> See, I wrote Christopher Lee and Cushing as well. <clears throat> uh, this is a good-looking movie. I wish the DVD that we had was better. Yeah. So I wish I wish I had gotten this on Blu-ray. <laughs> it's a very good-looking movie. Um, oh, oh, another line I wrote. When they're playing golf, there's some Englishman playing golf. And he goes, your bash, Vicka. <laughs> <laughs> your bash. Just love it. Just take a bash. <laughs> Goldfinger um, plays a Slashinger one. That's what I was waiting if for. That's, if, it's a, if that's a Slashinger one, then I'm Arnold Palmer. <laughs> it's your uh, honor, sir. Oh, I can't wait for the Goldfinger episode. Oh, hold on one second. Sorry. Just responding to a text there. I'm going to just turn my phone on. Do not disturb. Yeah, I can't wait for Goldfinger either. Um, necklace! Exclamation point. Uh, it turns out the necklace that uh, Juan gave to Therese was Alexandra's mother's necklace. That doesn't really come back. Yeah. Um, to either rewind that because for some reason I thought that um, oh, that Robert gave that to her or something. Yeah, and, and we see it in the flashbacks, which the flashbacks are just pictures. Do you notice that? Yeah. I thought it was, it got, They're uh, just still images. Yeah, and like it, it, a shaved Connery, and they kind of did him up to look a little younger. Yeah. And I was like looking at him, like, oh, like I, like I was thinking maybe they took like a photo of him, like from an, an older film, and just like photoshopped it, but it looked like it was actually him. They might have dyed his hair a bit or something. Uh, well, speaking of old photo of Connery and Photoshop. My favorite transition in the is whole the film. water. The water. Yep. I have that in my notes. Chris Sarandon dives into the water, and then the water becomes the photo bath. I thought that was, that was really good. So cool. I was like, it, yeah. this film, man, this, this film was was pretty artsy, man. And some of the things, yeah, there's some did. stuff in here. Yeah. For lack of a better term, there's some stuff. Yeah, that was that was funny. Oh, <laughs> looking back at my notes here, before the pool photo developed transition, I. <laughs> I I I don't remember what it was. I said close talking about ponies. Yes. <laughs> My son likes horses. He doesn't really know much else though. Remember that Seinfeld episode with the close talker? <laughs> oh <laughs> people coming I, I don't think I've seen that one. Is he just talking really close that, to That's the one people? with uh the, it's uh he was in the Santa Claus hot oh, what's the actor's name? Santa Claus Judge Judge Hirsch? Judge Ryan, Judge Reinhold. Yeah, Judge Reinhold. It's him, and he's like Elaine's new boyfriend. And like when he comes over to visit Jerry, he's like gets really close to her face. Like, how are you? So nice to meet you. And he gets up, up, and up in like <laughs> Jerry's parents' face, and they become like weirdly big best friends. They take him out to like go to his shows <laughs> and stuff. But that's what that's reminded okay, me yes, of. Okay, yes, I, I think I've seen him on Seinfeld. Yes, I, I, I've seen so many episodes of Seinfeld in passing. Like, yeah, I c- and I've never, I couldn't. I don't think I could tell you the plot of any of them specifically. Yeah, I think I I, I recently was rewatching because I went to go. I, I think I told the story on the podcast maybe. Uh, when him, I, yeah. I saw him, so after that I was like I was in the Seinfeld mood, so I was like watching all the episodes. Now was one of the ones I came across was the Close Talker, and I was like, oh man, this is classic. But yes, mm-hmm. Close Talk about ponies. It's like, do you like this pony? Well, yes, mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> well, then I'll buy it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also, like little things like that are showing how. 
this film was good at showing how the rich don't give a shit and how that revolution is coming fast. Yes. Um, Especially with little things like... um, I literally just lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, just uh, just I'm just gonna buy the horse because you like the way it runs. Yeah, it runs in a circle. <laughs> so you like that, so I'll buy it. And you go like, how expensive is a horse? Oh yeah, pretty expensive. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> you gotta like hire people to take care of that shit because rich people don't take care of their own horses. <laughs> I know I'm poor. <laughs> I can't afford a horse. Uh, my next note is rhythmic clanking of bottles. <laughs> when uh, when Juan is showing Lar- Larry Gutman is an American investor, he's a he's a scumbag. He's the one we see with ink on his fingers um, at the beginning of the movie. He is an, an American investor coming over to Cuba to find some good things to invest in and take back to America and make a bunch of money. Um, <clears throat> uh, Juan is showing him around his father and family's businesses, <laughs> and he takes him to his father's rum production plant. And it cuts inside, and we see. All the bottles clanking. But we hear them first. And at first I thought it was like the opening credits. I thought it was another piece of music that was about to start. But instead of a man like, a boom, bop, a doo, bop, bop, it was bottles like clink, 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 clink. <laughs> and then it, it, it cut to it. I'm like, oh, it's just a factory. And then I, I, I put a note. I said, bottle factory reminds me of the Hulk. Dude, that was my next note. <laughs> was it really? That was my next note. Hulk shows up. <laughs> Like and somewhere it cuts to Ed Norton just working on the machine. I, I, I want it to cut to the Stan Lee cameo where he's drinking the, the thing. <laughs> we should cut. All that. right, I'll, we, I'll make that we, edit. We gotta cut that. I'll do it. I'll make that edit. <laughs> so we think this is why we do this podcast. We think the same. <laughs> like this. Exactly. This is like the Incredible Hulk, which is. Yeah. I know we don't talk about comic books much here, but like that's a good Hulk movie. I love that movie. I like that movie. People... Well, can I be honest? Yes. 2003's Hulk is damn near a masterpiece. I know a lot of people don't like that film, and historically, it's not well loved. Go back and rewatch. I've been it. wanting I, that. That was on my list. Uh, Sidetrack. When I had COVID a few months back, uh, I went on this weird tirade where, like, I, I was watching like other stuff, like, and I was like, I was like, I, I had a weird, fe- like, th- like thought to watch older Marvel projects, and I watched like Ben Affleck's Daredevil. I watched. I have a soft spot for that. Film. Yeah, like oh, the the, the <laughs> Electra with the with the sandbags. You watched that? Evanescence. Yeah, like that's. Oh oh oh! I thought oh, you meant no, the Electra oh, no, the film. scene. I, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I was I was I, I was thinking about watching that one too. I was like ah, then I got into like X Men and I started watching X Men. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I watched like the first half of uh of that version of Hulk and I was like oh yeah, this wasn't terrible. I remember being people went nuts when it first came out. I was like holy shit, we got a Hulk movie. Like this was crazy. Wait, are you referring to the two thousand three one? The O three one, yeah. Okay, so you do you watched it? Yeah, the first half of it, I get to finish it, but I was like, oh yeah, you know, it's you know the technology at the time. I was like, this doesn't look that bad, and then I was okay. I'm trying to find this um this great redditor named Lund- Lundgren's Front Kick. Um, did. This dude basically just does math from movies, and he. Oh, hold on one second. I'm, I gotta find this. Basically, he did all the math as to. He, he does movie math. I'm sorry. This is it's this is. I'll f- find this. 
maybe not now, but I'm going to leave it open. Um, so I do find it and send it to you. But he basically does the math on movies. And like when you see something in a movie, how long would it take for that to actually happen? Or how much of something would it take for that to actually happen? And he did the math on how long it would have taken Electra to fill up all those bags of sand and then hang them and then like trigger them to like spring out and whatever just so she can stab them <laughs> in like 30 seconds. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of amazing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, upon reviewing the first half of Hulk, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it looks it, it, it looks fine. Uh, I totally forgot Ferrigno makes an appearance in that. I thought that was fun. They put him in every Hulk. Thing. Yeah, and uh, he's he's in the 2008 one as well as the same security guard. Yep. Oh yeah, it, it's it it was fun. I thought I thought it, I thought it was pretty good. So I have such a soft spot in my heart for 2003's Hulk. That film means a lot to me really i love that film that film is just about toxic father-son relationships yeah it's not about the hulk the film is about unchecked anger issues Uh, the film is about abuse generational abuse generational trauma inherited trauma um uh cycles um cycles of nature that film is fucking deep and it's people give it shit because it looks like a pissed off shrek Go back and rewatch it. Rewatch. Like it's weird because Ang Lee himself is playing the Hulk. He does the, he does the motion capture as the Hulk instead of it being Eric Bana. But I also get it. It's he's playing the Hulk like a baby that's just been born and is terrified, and as a result is just lashing out and trying to protect itself. And the introspective moments, Hulk is just curious. He's Connery curious. Like, there's a great film. In the third Hulk out in the film, which is the longest one, there's a point towards the middle where he's just in the desert, just looking at plants. And he's just curious. He's just looking and observing how life happens. And we, as the viewer, see all the the going down micro levels of into bacterium and such. And we don't know if that's the, us as the viewer experiencing it or is that's how the Hulk sees things. But it's just it's just a fascination with the biological processes. That film is fascinated with the way life works, with the way trauma works. It's really good stuff. It's really good stuff. And the CGI, I think, still looks fantastic. There's a big battle at the end, which I think maybe doesn't hold up visually the way we would like it to be. But if you like shut your brain off to um judgment of of cgi quality don't shut it off to analysis but shut it off to like okay the cgi here isn't going to be great but what is the scene telling me it is literally wow i'm gonna get real deep here having lost my father six months ago that film i watched it on my birthday this year or, or last year um after his passing and it was really important to me it was about, it was very clarifying because at the end of that movie uh, the whole the whole film <clears throat> spoilers for 2003's Hulk Nick Nolte playing David Banner has basically like made a a science project out of his son and after 30 years he is determined to see the thing through to the end and <clears throat> he just keeps poking his son to be like you have this power that was supposed to be from me I was making this project and I was just testing it on you. It was supposed to be for me. And the way the battle ends, 
you take take away all the science fiction shit. It is literally just a father continuing to give his son shit. And then the son at the end goes, fine, you want my shit? Take it. And the dad goes, oh, God, I, I didn't want this shit. And Bruce is like, yeah, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't want that shit, so you shouldn't have put me through it. And it's a very clarifying, very um, <clears throat> uh, cathartic film. And also people, uh, so it's edited like a comic book. It's not. Go rewatch it. It's just really clever. It's very, very clever editing. Incredibly clever um, and incredibly inventive. And in fact, when Nicole and I were watching it, she's like, I really love the editing in this film. So much so that when I was editing the music video for The Tower, if you go back and rewatch it, there's an edit in there that is straight out of Ang Lee's Hulk. Oh, shit. Yeah. You gave me chills, man. That was It involves a stairwell. Oh, that's right. Yeah. With yeah. the like the, the transitions there, the kind of yeah. oh fuck. And then the stairwell comes back. Yep. That's all that's from Hulk. Fuck. Like I want an edit in there like that. And I'm like, okay, I'll find a spot where I can do it. Oh fuck, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. So yeah, some incredible filmmaking in that film. People just brush it off, but it's genuinely incredible. Sam Elliott is is General Ross. Honestly, I love Harrison Ford, but fuck him. Bring back Sam Elliott. That'd be sick. He's General Ross. He was General Ross way more than William Hurt. Rest in peace, William Hurt. Great actor. I love William Hurt. But Sam Elliott is General Ross. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. We were discussing Cuba. Cuba. <laughs> bottle, a bottle factory. <laughs> Bottles making noise. So the Hulk. <laughs> and, and I will say the Incredible Hulk might be my least favorite of the Hulks. Really? Yes. I actually really like, um, I really love the Bill Bixby Lou Ferrigno show, and I love the four films that came out. There's four, five, there's five films that came out of that show. The pilot episode is a movie. The second episode is a movie. Um, But it's just a TV movie. They're both TV movies, but the first one is like a movie. Uh, Then there's, the Trial of the uh, the Incredible Hulk Returns, which was a crossover with Thor, or a backdoor pilot for Thor. Then Trial of the Incredible Hulk, which is a backdoor pilot for Daredevil, and then Death of the Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. All of which I have. They're all great, and I have real fond affection for those films. Anyway. Hell yeah, man. Hulk. I love Hulk's my favorite comic book character. My, my too. Look. I, uh, really? He's on my desk. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for audio listeners. I have a little Hulk yeah. statue that sits on my desk. That's awesome, and the the smashing is very. Oh nice. yeah, I love that. Like the the, it's like, the way it it looks animated. Yeah, like the gr- little gravel on it and stuff. Like mm. this Hulk smash. His mouth is huge, though. Yeah, it's, it's very cartoony looking, but it's for playing hide the zucchini. Yeah. <laughs> hide the Hulk. Strictly for the fish <laughs> Strictly for the fish thing. Strictly for the fisting. Okay. Anyways, welcome back to Strictly for the Fisting. Hulk shows up in the bottle factory. Okay, uh, my next note is fuck Juan again. Yes. Fuck Juan. Juan sucks, he dude. Does. Chris Sarandon is great at playing a scumbag. He sucks. Ugh. Walter Cattell, exclamation points. He's, he's obviously not a good character, but he's a good actor, and I enjoy seeing him out. Oh, yeah. Same. But the character is clearly meant to be, like, too rich for his own good snobby ignorant businessman about to be ousted from any sort of power yes um i love one's house 
that house is dope. Oh yeah. I love I love I love the him like that's me after work every day is him just taking everything <laughs> off. Takes everything off and just chucks it. Yeah. Kicks little his shoes by little. off and just jumps in the pool. And and he like points to somebody's like, You make me a rum and coke. <laughs> I wish I could do that. I usually do yell that, and, but I never get a rum and coke. And and you just like gradually walk through your house getting naked yeah. little by and little jump and into, flop down into the bathtub. Yeah, I jump into the bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> um editing is quick and weird at points, but not erratic yes it's not erratic editing it's just every now and then there'll be a quick one and a weird one and you're like that was weird (laughs) it was really it wasn't erratic or anything but i didn't expect it okay moving on i guess (laughs) um excellent transition from the pool to the photo booth or photo bath excuse me um oh i like the little small gag of the mirror window you know what i'm talking about Oh, uh, Connery goes to a big house, uh, like a government house, and there's a little woman with a cane (laughs) watching TV. Who? Oh, my next note is a lady with cane smiling at the Mister Clean commercial. (laughs) I like that little insert shot of her, just like, like this shitty TV. And it's funny the quality of the TV is like the quality of the movie we were watching, like <laughs> visually. Like it was, it was very poor visual quality. And she sees a Mister Clean commercial and she just, just smiles. Yeah, and seconds before, like whips Connery on the on the tush. yeah, smacks him on the tuchus. <laughs> what is good or Get out of my way! You're blocking the TV. Oh, shoddy. <laughs> what was that? I think he said. I think he says, "Oh, sorry." I think. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. shoddy. But also, how could you just walk in front of a TV and not think that would be an issue? <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> Sean Connery. Somebody's watching that TV. <laughs> you know what? That's I take it back. Rude. Sean Connery's a piece of shit in this movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> just as bad as Action of the Tiger. Yeah, same level. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But seeing when, that Mr. Clean uh, commercial, I kept, I kept forgetting this takes place in the fifties. For yeah, yeah, it's like I don't know why. It's like because I don't know how. I don't I don't know much about vehicles in the fifties, but like I'm not sure how many fifties style vehicles they used in this. And this is for uh, you know, this, this is just for like the city shots. Mm. I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, I keep forgetting this is supposed to be in the fifties, but like mm. it kind of it's it's just nebulous enough, I think. Yeah, like it's just it's just close enough to the sixties, and this was filmed in seventy eight, so. I feel like maybe so it was 20 years on from when it was filmed. I feel like in between 58 to 78 maybe visually there weren't as much of a style change maybe and maybe you know they shot in Spain maybe they just had older cars. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, yeah it like, definitely wasn't uh cuz going back to the Dracula scene like when you see the wide shot of them talking in the room, you clearly see that they like kind of pasted the film onto that board yeah. and made sure no one it's, walked in front of it. And yeah. so like, you know, they're trying to like get it to look like the fifties as much as possible. Yeah. And it's black and white with no sound, which I like. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, even the rich people still get shit. Yeah. It's like, even luxury is garbage. Like, Oh, you get to watch a movie with no sound. <laughs> <laughs> but, the TVs have sound. Yep. They either play westerns um, or a long, continuous beep. <laughs> or Mr. Clean commercial. 
Oh, I missed a clean commercial. Um, <clears throat> uh, but yeah, there's uh, when he's standing in front of that TV, he's looking at a mirror and he moves a little blue vase, and on the other side of the mirror, it doesn't move, and you realize, oh my god, Connery doesn't have a reflection. Is he a vampire? <laughs> and then you realize it's a two way window. <laughs> <laughs> It's just very clever. It's disguised to look like a mirror. <laughs> he's actually a vampire. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like Dracula. I've come to shock your blood. <laughs> um, they give him a Beretta. Bond with a Beretta. Oh yes. Which is which is uh, redemption because he gets his Beretta taken away from him and Doctor and right? Rushwood Love yeah. for Rushwood Love taken away from. Him. I think it's Doctor No. Is Doctor No? I think it's Dr. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, that damn Beretta again. Yeah, but it's Dr. No. Yeah. Um, my next one is a Connery quote. Um, <clears throat> he, The general is basically saying, like, I'm not elected yet, but they will call me general. Something along those lines. And Connery goes, it's important to call people what they are, sir. That was, that was... It, and it's just... It's the way it's delivered and the way he says, sir, is just telling that dude, I don't think you're any more important than anyone else. Just walks away. <laughs> you're, just, you're just a man like anyone else to me, dude. Hell yeah. Like, sir, sir is obviously a term of respect, but I think he's using it as like the barest minimum respect because he would call him general. You know, I think people deserve to call to be called what they are. General. But he didn't. He said, sir, yeah. I'm going to take you down to the bare minimum that you can be. Hell yeah. Um, there's a random moment. So There's a lot of random moments in this film. They just cut to. And it's just a thing happening. And then they just cut back to the plot. And one of these things that's just happening is there's two people outside setting up tables and chairs at like a hotel. And a Dude is struggling with the umbrella, and he goes, "I can't work this thing." <laughs> oh man! So uh, random. I got, I got a, enough of a kick out of that to write it down. Apparently, uh, there's cockfighting in this movie. Yes, man. People whip out their wieners and fight. <laughs> Uh, no, but actual there is actual chicken fighting in this movie, folks. Trigger warning: there is chicken fighting in this movie. Chicken fighting. You, you don't see either of the chickens die, but they're definitely hurting each other, and it's definitely real. Yeah, I, 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 I'm pretty sure in the credits we didn't see a no animals were harmed in the making of this film thing. Oh yeah, so it may have been in there, but I didn't see it. Um, uh, there's a grenade toss. I like that. <laughs> little gorilla ambush that was good in, the, in that scene I have another Connery quote which is it's a gull <laughs> your powers of observation do you credit Mr. Bond <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like that moment though because she throws a grenade at him and he catches it and throws it away yeah and it blows up so fast like <laughs> like as soon as he lets go it blows up they should have been blown back yeah <laughs> like it was but but either way it was very tense still yeah like i was legitimately concerned there were multiple times between that grenade and the the kid um uh julio julio Medeiros, uh constantly stalking him with the gun yeah that was tense yeah that was scary that was very tense 
Um, especially, I got another moment here. Um, delayed reaction to being shot. Connery's in the car with that guy, and Julio tries to shoot Connery, but misses and hits the general that Connery is with. And that guy gets the bullet in the shoulder and takes like two seconds before he decides to react to it <laughs> and get flown back. And like he flings himself back so hilariously onto the car. And it's all in one shot. There's no cutaway. And you just see it and you're like, that was a choice. The squib <laughs> blew up and he realized it and then he fell. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> um, uh, so after that grenade toss and um, the gorillas are killed... Uh, one of the troops cuts off the ear of one of the guys and puts it on his ring of ears, his earring, you might say. <laughs> uh, but that was pretty fucked. Yeah, that was like... <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah, because that's... Uh, don't they do that in Walking Dead, too, with the the necklace of ears? Is it in Walking I Dead? I think so, yeah. When I saw that, I was like, where have I seen that before? And I think it was Walking Dead. So, Which I'm sure was something taken from real gorillas, and I'm sure that was something that happened. Yeah, I guess that seems that seems straight out of real history. Some ear earrings, Jesus. Hello. Um, what else we got? Uh, oh yeah, we see shirtless Connery with his tattoo. Yeah, it's always cool seeing Sean Connery's. Sean Connery's one tattoo. Yeah, you see it uh, and Never Say Never Again as well. You see it in all the Bond films. Do you? I can, I know. Yeah, I think he got it when he was in his 20s or something. We, we got to look out. For, that's going to be a segment on the show is where's the Connery tattoo? And if we mm. spot it, we'll try to get a picture of it each time. That's the only one. That's the only uh, movie I, I've, I've really okay. noticed it. And besides this one was Never Say Never Again. So I got to look out for that. Yeah, I you forget it's there until you see yeah. it. Yeah. And then you're like, "Oh man, I should have been looking for it the whole time." But now let's make a game of it. Yes, find the Connery tat. Uh my next note is soldiering has changed, soldiering has changed. He's telling that generally he's like, "I'm a soldier, but being a soldier is something different than it was when I was a younger man." And he goes over to the wall and he looks at a picture frame and he says, "Soldiering has changed." In that picture frame, it should have been a poster for the man who would be killed. <laughs> because <laughs> they're literally soldiers of fortune in that movie another edit <laughs> um, the dinner shootout scene the, all these rich Cuban uh, family members are at a nice fancy dinner in a room filled with mirrors and all of a sudden a random gunman was it one or multiple i couldn't really tell i think it was, I think one. It was one guy well i think yeah. i think a few entered after hmm it was hard to tell yeah but uh they start opening up some bullets into that room um now obviously you're not going to um or maybe i don't know you could have squibbed up everybody but it seems like they really just went with a lot of the mirrors being shot. Did you notice that? Like, it was a lot of the glass breaking. Yeah. And the first thing that came to my mind was the jerk. <laughs> he hates this glass! <laughs> <laughs> and, like, they, they walk out and, like, there was an assassination attempt on the glass! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I haven't seen the jerk in years. Oh, I love that film. I have it, if you need to borrow it. Oh, yeah. Um, the slum building that 
Teresa and Julio live in with their mother. Also, that was such a sad side plot. Oh, man. They, the father has been in prison, and they're just waiting to hear. Just waiting. Yeah. And then at the end, the guy, wa- the corrupt guy walks out. These, they have all these little characters that get these little stories. This guy walks out, and they're like, where is our father? And he holds his hand out, like, give me some money, and I'll tell you. And they give him some money, and he goes, he was shot this morning. Yeah, that and was. And the, the mother and the daughter just, they don't, they're just disappointed. You can see it, like, we knew. We knew that that was the case, but thanks for telling us anyway. And the guy just hands the money back. Like, like I am so corrupt, I will take money from you, but wow, I, I can't even be this corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like a little character moment. It was really heartbreaking. Oh, man. But anyway, the setup with this family is that the sister is one of the factory workers that is sleeping with Juan, that Juan is cheating on his wife with. And her little brother is a hot-headed revolutionary that is eager to act. Uh, he said he studies law, um, but he's real quick to shoot somebody. And he's like, wow, this man disrespected the honor of my sister. I'll go kill him. Uh, and he attempts to kill Juan. That was one of my favorite scenes. I got to be honest. What business are you in? Tractors! And then he shoves them apart. <laughs> like, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Real Bond moment. Mm. Yeah, there were a couple of them in here. Another one I wrote was uh, Skinner. Skinner played by Denholm Elliott. Skinner is a pilot, and his he has very minimal a- interaction throughout the film, but he flies into Cuba to provide them with bullets and on the back end offers his plane to help smuggle people and objects out as the revolution happens. And also Skinner, this is on my notes as well, uh, our first Indiana Jones connection. Exactly, exactly. As well. Now you'll notice he gets paid in a very 007 way. You notice that? He he brings the ammunition, and he's like, I want to be paid now. And he's like, we'll pay you after we see if they fit. And he's like, what? Of course, I, th- I brought you the right ammunition. Of course it's going to fit. And so they keep dicking him around, and then at one point we hear, I think it's supposed to be Castro. We don't get him in the cast list, but there's somebody I think that's supposed to be Castro. <clears throat> but he goes, pay Skinner whatever, or something like that. It's like, give him whatever. Yeah, here's 50 bucks. Thanks for flying out here. <laughs> but... The way he pays him is through the table that he's gambling at. Oh, that's right. He's at a casino, and like he pays him through the chips, gradually just passing winnings to him, which is super bomb. That is, yeah. Shit. Um, at that same, uh, is it the same bar? I don't know if it's the same bar. Um, but that big, um, oh, oh, okay. So, uh. Yeah, the big ho- uh, slum building that Teresa and Julio are living in with their mother. I fucking love that building. It's called Hollywood Hotel. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And that amazing elevator. Yeah. It's so uh, ready to fall apart <laughs> at any moment. <laughs> like, I love it. I love it. And obviously, I wouldn't want to live in it. Um. Knock on wood, nothing against it, but like visually, I love it. I absolutely love the visual of walking through that place. Give me a, give me a and, slight. Uh, 
slate Hollywood Tower terror vibe. Yeah. You know, like Haunted Mansion kind of thing, like Disney attraction uh, vintage. I was really into that as well. A lot, a lot of great set pieces in this film, dude. Like Great sets and great set pieces. Yeah. Whether they deliver that. Okay, so I have a note. Um, where is it? Uh, Dick Lester's action directing. That's just the whole note. No question mark or anything. Dick Lester's not a good action director. So the sets in this movie are good and the set pieces are good in this movie. But the action is not good. You know what I mean? I thought the like that, the, 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 the tank s- section was okay. I didn't like it. Yeah, it was... It was it 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 almost it almost won my 007 award but that that's where i would put the 007 yeah. yes is at the tank that whole attacking of the base part that's that's where the 007 theme goes yeah. but also um uh i got three notes about the tank tank crushes the car tank is not just like a car <laughs> connery keeps telling Gutman, he's like, it's just like a car. It's just like a car. You're flooding it. It's a, it's a tank. <laughs> yeah. It's not a car. <laughs> Definitely not a car. Um, and we know that because it fucking crushes a car. Yeah. <laughs> that was so cool. You see these people struggling to angle this car to block the road, and the tank's like, nah. <laughs> and the way it falls apart is just like beautiful. I love it. And then my final note on the tank is that the tank is Jaws. <laughs> Like, like the low note range, but still exciting action music starts happening when the tank is driving through the field of tall grass, like a shark swimming through water. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, there she is, Chiefy. (laughs) Ice cream man, Uh, he takes the rest. April the 9th, (laughs) half past 4 p.m. That's a Master of Disguise reference. Oh. When he he dresses up as... (laughs) As Quinn. Yeah. (laughs) The ice cream man, he takes the rest. (laughs) And he's got the hairy arm underneath from the Al Pacino one. Uh, That's such a bad movie. Oh, man. I gotta rewatch it. I I think it's it's fun. (laughs) And then the running joke of Brent Spiner just farting all the time. Yeah, every time he laughs. <laughs> says the podcast that does several Sean Connery poop jokes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, I mean, they can't. I, I never said that they couldn't be classy. Yeah. That's my favorite uh, joke in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Is that every time he gets to like the crescendo of his evil scheme, he just toots a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's enough to distract him from his own. Yeah, he stops. Evil. He, he stops like, everything. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, good stuff. <laughs> um, uh, the um, shot of Alex and Bob meeting each other in the mirror at the bar—that was really good. Yeah, where they're both looking the same way, and you realize what's are they looking in a mirror? And then the camera slides out, and it's like they were looking in the mirror. That was good. <clears throat> um, what else? What else? It's Christmas. Jingle Bell Rock stripper. Um. Alex doesn't remember Bob's last name. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Why? I, you figure you would? You might remember that. And it, it was... Because I was, like, trying to 
decipher that conversation because like the way she was talking was like she wanted like it felt like she wanted uh him to tell Juwan his last name. Juwan. Juwan, Juwan, whatever. Juan. Juan. <laughs> Do you want a man? Do you want to know what his name is? Um, it's Juan. Juan. <laughs> but he's like, yeah. But she's like, I gotta tell you. I gotta tell him something. I yeah. I thought. I thought she was trying to like cover for him. Yeah. Or but, something. But, but but then he's just like, my name's Robert Tapes. What about it? Yeah. So I was just like. Also, let me save you life from the shooter. Yeah. So I was just like super confused that 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 little sequence of events. So it was. I don't know. It was weird. There were a lot of sequences in this film that were. Or s- small scenes that were confusing as to how they played out in relation to everything. Yeah, else. like that—the introduction of the guns being hidden at the factory, um, why she doesn't know Robert's name, um, the small detail of her mother's necklace. There's a lot of things that are just like kind of sloppily delivered. Yeah. Um, but it didn't detract from my ability to enjoy the story. Mm. There were some parts where I'm like, "What is happening? What is what is even being said?" Because as we said, the quality the copy that we watched audio quality is not great and the picture quality is not yeah i'd like to eventually like uh, we'll get to that later but like if i was to rewatch it i would like to see it like yeah hd and subtitles just to kind of get the full like feel of it oh probably oh excuse me i'd probably pay for the rental next time yeah yeah i'm just gonna have some tea excuse me Okay, what else do we got? Um, oh, uh, they're walking along, catching up, and she says, well, what have you been doing? And he says, modern warfare. <laughs> uh, have you seen my Twitch streams? Are you a gamer? <laughs> uh, Sean, uh, uh, what would be his gaming tag? <laughs> it would be... Uh... Dape stabbing on you, 69. <laughs> <laughs> D- Dape trick, 59. Sixty nine. Oh my god. <laughs> Dape trick. Yeah. Check me on Twitch for Dape Trick. <laughs> Get daped, noobs. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh man. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um uh, Yeah, the old blender trick said that one already. I love Skinner. Denholm Elliott as Skinner is great. Mm. Uh when he's like, uh, he's dropping, he first arrives and they go, you'll get paid when we know that the ammo fits. And he just goes, oh, thanks. I love doing business this way. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> he's great. Uh, he's fantastic. Yeah, I really enjoy him. And there's another moment that I really enjoy of him when he and Gutman are at the factory and, and Gutman and Connery are inside being held hostage. And, Skinner goes to the door, knocks on it, and and then uh, one of the gorillas opens the door with the rifle, and he just goes, "Oh no!" and he pulls the door closed and runs away, and then the gunshots start happening. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, he was definitely the comic relief for for a lot of this. I yes, he was he was the comic release relief for this film. I I agree, um, especially with lines like, uh, "Is there enough fuel in the old banana to get me back to Miami?" <laughs> In the old banana. The old, and I'm like, why is he calling this plane like that? The old and banana then, trick. And then yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you see that he's flying a big yellow plane. <laughs> um, 
Oh, another good line I like. Uh, there was a time when we needed guns. Now we need brains. Go rediscover yours, eh? Nice. That was good. I like that. Because uh, the young boy, uh, lost the name already, Julio, is like, I, I brought Connery here. Let me kill him. <laughs> He's just eager to do some killing. Uh, when Gutman wakes up in the morning um, with the escort, and he like kind of he doesn't wake up. He like notices he's awake, but he's just like I'm gonna keep sleeping. <laughs> and the escort steals all his money. <laughs> that was funny. That's what you get. Especially because when she shows up, he's like, "Do I have to pitch in, or is this all taken care of?" She's like, "It's all taken care of." And then at the end, she's like, "I'll take your money." <laughs> There's a couple of moments like that, and we see the the scummy guy that works at the prison. At the end, he's like dumping this big box of money into his suitcase to go to the airport and then I don't know if you caught this but at the end of the movie as Alex is walking away through the airport you see that guy and he's, he doesn't notice and he turns around and his suitcase is empty yes. he's been completely robbed of all the money he stole <laughs> <laughs> so that was good I really like that these these little tiny stories that get little tiny beats throughout the movie that's, why, that's one of the things I liked about this film these little stories that get little bits of attention, these little tiny people that, not not physically tiny, but these people that aren't drivers of the story, but are the people that are going to be affected by these actions. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, I, we'll, we'll get to the end here anyways, but like, uh, we'll talk about like reviews, like scores and all that, but like, yeah, for folks... Or out there and who have like either seen the film or what like were not a fan of it or like have heard or, or heard it. terrible things about it check it out because like i said like with with for every like for every five bad reviews i found a good one mm-hmm. and people were like you know there was one i saw that said let's see uh i don't here it is i don't know what uh people are being so negative for uh, I thought this was a fine film and a great story. Uh, Sean Connery at his best. So it's like people like you know, like this film. So it, it's it's like any it's like any film like nowadays. Like people, some people don't like Shang Chi. Some people love it. Some people hate it. You yeah. know, it's it's just that's just how movies are. But like this movie was pretty brilliant at times. Just yeah, with... there was a lot of stuff I really enjoyed in this film. So like. There was a lot of stuff I didn't enjoy in this film. Yeah, but like I, I, I there was would, nothing I hated. Though. I, I would rewatch. I would watch again. I would also rewatch this film. Yeah. Would you show somebody else? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you show this film to? Like, who is this film for? This film is for dads. Probably for dads <laughs> or for like. This film, is, this film is very much for dads. Like, I guarantee, if I sh- if I gave my dad this film, he would if he was still alive, he would call me like three three days later, and be like. Dude, did you watch Cuba? I'd be like, no, Dad. I just gave it to you. He's like, well, you need to watch this. It's really good. Yeah, but uh, but uh, excuse me. Potentially a date movie, maybe. I'd watch with Alicia. Ah, uh, I would say no on the date movie because it, the backstory is that she was fifteen and he was thirty. Yeah, I guess, and, but I don't know. I mean, it depends on how how cool you as a couple are with just taking that stuff on at face value yeah which is what we typically do we're just kind of like yeah you know what happens like it's the same thing as being a bond fan or it's like you know like we know 
the, yeah. the the disgusting stuff that happens on screen, but we still like it because we like the gadgets and we like the 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 funny lines and all that. So yeah. we we kind of we kind of try to separate that. But and and again, while I'm not condoning that action of a 30 year old dating a 15 year old, um, by setting it in the time period that it is, it implies that that action happened during World War Two. So it's a little more understandable. You know what I mean? Yeah. You hear stories all the time of our grandparents' generation like that. You know what yeah. I mean? And you just circumstance, – circumstances happen where you meet someone and you just fall in love and it's war, so why not? Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I would say that might be the thing, keeping it from being a date movie for me, but – I just I, I just did like that, you know, age aside, you know, I, I did feel – the the love there especially that like I, my heart broke at that plane scene when she's at the fence sobbing and he's like and she sees him in the window and he's just looking off still looking at the airport like oh she's not coming you know and yeah it never implies whether he sees her or not the way the way it looked from the angle from when i saw it, he's looking at the airport and she's and she's off she's off this way, so he's she's out of her, his peripheral vision. Yeah, so he's kind of looking sadly, like, well, she's not coming. And then, but also, she's got a ticket in her hand the whole time. It's what bothered me. I'm like, get on the fucking <laughs> plane. Like, you picked this ticket up. I think she was second guessed herself. She's like, yes, I want to do it, but no, I can't leave Cuba. And then it's like, and she doesn't know her husband's dead at that time. Yeah. So it's so spoilers, like, spoilers. This this boy Julio shows up to kill. He finally gets the opportunity to kill. Juan in person for wronging his sister. And he does. As soon as Juan dives in that pool, I liked that little foreshadowing of you see the sprinkler and then the sprinkler powers down because yeah. the guy's standing yeah. on it. That was good. Yeah. That was I good. thought that was really cool. Uh, Did you... I may have asked you this. Did you watch Better Call Saul? Yeah, I didn't get that far into it, but I watched okay. it a bit. In the final season, there is a an event, a major event in the season um, where you know, you don't know what's going to happen, but you know something is about to happen and it's because a, there's a candle in the room and they set up that when they're in the living room and the, the entryway to the door, the, the door to outside is a, like a room over, but when that door opens, there's just enough of a draft to make the candle flicker. Ooh. Just enough. And you see that and then the scene is playing out, and then the candle flickers, and you know, shit's about to go down. Shit, I like that. <laughs> that I like, the, I like those kind of scenes. I got that vibe with the sprinkler because they kept focusing on the sprinkler, not not hard focus, just just a cut to it. Like, oh, okay, there's a sprinkler. Hey, there's the sprinkler again, and then all of a sudden, the water trickles down. Oh no! Hold on one sec. You have it? The lion showed up immediately. Oh, my God. Immediately. Well, immediately. well, we both got COVID. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Fun. Okay, so um, I'll cut this out. Or should I leave it? Quality content? Let me ask for Nicole's consent. <laughs> Nicole, can we leave this in the podcast? Okay, she said, yeah, why not? <laughs> Content. Let's monetize your sickness. <laughs> well, we've we've been three years without it, so we did pretty well. Hey, I, I, same say. here. I I I I held on for dear life. Um, 
and uh, ho- hopefully it's just a cold for us both. Yes, so where's uh, for you guys? So, uh, so yeah. With that being said, I guess let's like get into our reviews here, our final reviews. Hmm. Um, you have any final notes here? Sure. Yes, I'm going through my final notes. Okay, I really like the horses removing the train track. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah. Like, what a way to stop an enemy. The enemy has the train. Just rip up them tracks. <laughs> then they're stuck. Brilliant. And they they have nowhere, nothing to do but stay on that train for dear life. If they come out, they're fucked. <laughs> like, that's a really good military strategy. Just, just get some horses and tie ropes around them suckers. <laughs> um, so... After the gorillas start attacking the base, or well, no, they go, they get taken to the gorillas' base, and then G U E, not not the animals' gorilla, the an, not the animal, the gorilla, or yeah, 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 not the band, the gorillas, not the animal gorillas, but the fighters, gorillas. So they're captured and brought back to the gorillas' base, and then the government army shows up with a tank, and start and shit goes to hell. And stuff starts blowing up left, right, and center, which is where I started questioning Richard Lester's action directing. Because, like, there's a shot where you see a a fuel truck, clearly a fuel truck, and shit is getting blown up, so you know that fuel truck is getting blown up. But in, in one shot, something behind the fuel truck gets shot, and then you realize, like, oh, they missed. <laughs> and then the fuel truck blows up, and, like, okay, now they hit it. But it's just... It's made me question Richard Lester's act, action directing and maybe his editing choices because there was a, a spot in the editing room where he's like, where somebody was like, should we cut out the one where they miss? And he goes, nah. <laughs> that adds more realism to it. Yeah. But my main note in that being is that Connery, uh, so Dapes and Gutman, just take off running. He leaves Alex in a fucking war zone. <laughs> yeah. I love you so much. Have fun. <laughs> and and she's like and she's got she, at that point she becomes like uh Tiffany Case levels of damsel in distress. Yeah. She's like, anything I can do to help? And like, why don't you make bandages out of these? They won't dirty your nails. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where's this coming from? And also she's like she's she's portrayed as a competent manager of a factory, so like not at any point in the in the film does it apply does it like imply that she could apply those talents to being a military leader or a, somebody that can help out with in a battle. And I felt like that should have been a moment in the movie where she takes charge and starts pointing out to people what to do. Mm-hmm. Um and uh there also is a moment where Connery goes women. Right? Am I wrong about that? She does something Connery goes women. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but <laughs> uh, which is a nice, I not nice, um, which is uh, I feel a foreshadowing to the living daylight. <laughs> like, come on, men! And then she like Kara runs off on the horse, and and then you got the Mujahideen just going, women, and <laughs> yeah, and they all charge onwards. Like, <laughs> but that's what I expected to happen at this part was that well, she's being left in a war zone. Time to step up a bit. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't. She kind of just damsels and distresses her. Oh, bit. yes. Um, so, yeah, that. Uh, oh, I got a couple more notes. Um, yeah, the man is robbing the airport. I really like that. I really liked as. Oh, oh, 
um, shaving Gatel. I put shaving Gatel. Um, because in that scene where everyone starts striking, oh, another note, broken bottle pile. I really like those scenes where everyone just starts striking. That was really nice. And in the rum factory, Juan is just sitting there as bottles pile up, fall into the floor, clanking away because the machine hasn't been shut off. Um, <clears throat> but uh, when Walter Gattel is being shaved by his servant, he like acknowledges that everybody is striking, and then he says, but not the servants, though. Like, keep shaving me. <laughs> which I think was a nice way, again, not nice, but efficient way to hammer in that these rich assholes are so fucking clueless. Yeah. They have no idea. And their time is over, which will uh, uh, will bring me to my last two notes. Um, carrying pianos to the plane. Um, there's a, <laughs> when all the rich people are getting away on the plane, there's literally like 10 dudes carrying two grand pianos <laughs> Which I thought was white so grand pianos and like the 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 sound editor just like clanked away on the piano <laughs> like as the just like clonked out a melody just by randomly hitting keys and that's the sound effect as they carry away grand pianos <laughs> which made me really funny because i guess p- pianos just play random notes when you carry them um <laughs> But also, having watched Glass Onion this morning, that's two films and three pianos that I've seen today. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Liberace. <laughs> yeah, that was too funny. Like, I think that belonged to Liberace. <laughs> and then she just keeps hitting it over and over. <laughs> that was really good. Oh. Um, and then my final note, the plane is smiling. The plane is smiling. Yeah, watch watch the end clip oh, again. Oh, when the, when the thing goes up? No, wheel? but the plane is like flying towards the camera yeah. and the the design on the front of the plane cuz you know how like it'll have a top color and a bottom color like a shark's belly kind yeah. of. Yeah. Well, where that line is, look at like the very last shot. It looks like or not the very last shot, but um but it looks like the plane is smiling. I'll see if I can pull oh, it up. I'm I'm full um, up right now. Let's see if we can see it. But also the real last shots of the movie are actual news footage. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, there, there was a lot of actual news footage put in <laughs> to this movie. You see what I'm talking it about? It looks like a seagull smiling. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we will post this on our Instagram. <laughs> smiling plane. Oh, yeah, yep. <laughs> Let me get the... Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, did you screenshot it? Oh no, I, I can't know. Okay, yeah, I just lost it, so I'll go back and. Oh, there we go, I got it. Got it. All right, I'll just leave it. Yeah, all right, I'll just leave it pulled up so I'll get a screenshot of it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that I, I just noticed it and like it. It looks like the plane is smiling in the way that the fish winks at the end of life to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this, like this the, could be our pigeon double take is smiling airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's not a bad moment in the movie. Yeah. Uh. Um. Yeah. Also, what? Yeah. Um. Uh. To the two mats out there, you had pigeon double take. You had Kananga balloon, but why no uh, winking fish? Yeah. Right. <laughs> because that I will say, granted, it's the very last moment of that movie, but boy, does it take me out of that movie. <laughs> it takes me right it's out. Like, of wait, it. wait a second. This is how you're ending this movie. <laughs> With a winking fish. Okay. Um, 
And that's where my notes end. <sighs> yeah, that's the end of my notes. All right. Well, that has been. What about you? You got anything else you want to cover? Uh, that's about it. You know, like I said, I thought the the ending was uh, got got me emotional with the uh, the crying scene of watching Connery fly off. And oh, you know what? You know what? I will say was a good emotional scene was when he's dropping her off at home, and he's like, "Pick your stuff, grab your stuff, and you're coming with me." Yeah. And you can see how heartbroken he is that she is not coming with him. Yeah. Also, I just noticed there's a salacious crumb on your amp. Oh, yes. I'll show, it, uh, <laughs> I'll show you him after. He's, he moves and everything. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but, yeah, there's some good emotions in this movie. Yeah. I think all in all, it was good. So I guess this is the portion of the show. Let's get into our, our, our Connery rating and our film rating. Yeah. So as we said before, you'd show this to somebody else. I would, and you'd watch it again. I would. I I agree. I would. I would show it to a dad, and I would watch it again. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, Connery rating, film rating. Let me pull up the the document here. Make sure we're all good. Okay, Connery curious Google sheet, and we are going to 1979 Cuba. We have watched it. Alrighty, and we're gonna go with. All right, Mario, what is your film rating? Film, I think I'm going to give it a. I'm gonna do like a six point five. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, just because yeah, I thought it was good, but there were like just some things that kind of took me out of it, and uh, you know, like that some of the some of the audio stuff kind of bothered me. And all that. I wonder if that's just the copy we have. I wonder if like we did ourselves a disservice. Here. If 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 that's the case, then I would I would lean at a seven point five. Yeah. If, well, what do you want? You, what do you want to do with? What are we going with? Then we'll go with seven point five. I think that is just give it the benefit of the doubt that the audio might be better. Who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll do a special where we like we revisit our favorite Connery films during this podcast run and see how we still feel about them. And, I'd be very down and to like that. like maybe maybe find like the five or six highest rated yeah ones yeah top five Connery films and then like you know and, and even some of the memorable ones like again like we were talking about it earlier I would watch Sword of the Valiant again now I want to watch Sword of the Valiant again. I'm looking at my rating three and a half and I'm like eh, that could go up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could give that a five and a half yeah. six maybe we'll have to do we'll, we'll have to do that on a special. Oh, we were talking about doing com- we could do commentary tracks on our favorite ones. That could be fun. Con- Connor Terry. Connor Terry. I like that. Con Con and Terry. Con and Terry. Con and Terry tracks. Well, all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna copy yours. I'm gonna give this a six point five. I'm I'm gonna take the, your previous rating. Okay. I'm, uh, you you give up the six point five. I'm gonna take. Okay. It. I'm giving this film a six and a half out of ten. All right. Because I enjoyed it. it. Is better than average, but I think some of the editing. Um. Some of the action direction, there were some things left to be desired. I think the editing really took a lot away from it for me. Um, sure, yeah, yeah, and I think even if I watch this in HD, I think this, I think I'd still give it a seven at the most, just because of how much I actually enjoyed it. It's good, and I would rewatch it, but I think. You know, I'm more likely to rewatch First Night or Man Who Would Be King. Yes. Of the ones we've watched so far. 
Oh yeah, I, th- I think Man Who Would Be King is still my favorite one so far that we've done. For me, uh, it's between that and First Night for oh, me. Oh, First Night, yeah. Well, okay, so I gave Man Who Would Be King a nine. I gave First Night an eight. But upon reflection, I really liked First Night. First Night's really good. Yeah. All right, so let's do our Sean. So you gave it a seven point five. I gave it a six point five out of film. What are we giving Sean? What are we giving? What are we giving our boy? I'll, I'll let you go first on this one. All right, I'm gonna give him a, a nine point five. Nine point five. Yeah, he's 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 doing the work in this movie. He's he's showing up, saying his lines, delivering the emotion, hitting the mark. And I I say that it sounds kind of like routine and generic, but the best actors do that. The best actors come in, they say their dialogue, they deliver it with emotion, they hit their mark, and they go home. Yeah. And that's what Connery's doing in this movie, and he's on the ball. He clearly likes this role. He likes the dialogue. He is invested in the character. He even seems like he's having a bit of fun in parts. Even though the character itself isn't having fun, the character is clearly like getting more and more disgusted with the people that have hired yeah. him. Yeah. But he's enjoying the role as a actor. I can I, I can see. You know what? Uh all right, I'm giving him a nine. I'm gonna take it down a bit. Uh, that's I'm it a that's nine. what I have. That's why I, I, I have a solid nine. Uh, same oh, reasons yeah. where it's like, uh, you know, we we do talk about uh, in past episodes, anyways, of like, you know, where is he at this point in his career? Uh, you know, what's what's his break his up. life? Oh yeah, we gotta look through his book. Um, but <laughs> I've been sitting here with COVID and I haven't read. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, I, I think, yeah, this is a really good performance. Uh, again, it looks like he's having a good time and yeah, not a ball like he's having with Michael Caine and man who would be King, but he's enjoying his acting experience and maybe the trip to Spain. Yeah. And it's very, you know, it, it, even like the very simple dialogue scenes, he just seems to be like, you know, comfortable and he looks great, you know, and I just and I'm sure acting with a beautiful young woman doesn't hurt. Either. Of course, of course. So, uh, so nine for me. Not for my... not to sound lecherous, but it can I can imagine that would make work easier to go into. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. So Connery gets a nine from me. I agree. Nine for both of us on on the Sean scale. I gave the film a six point five. You gave the film a seven point five. Which means it's time. It's time. Whose turn is it? Uh, I don't know. We were together last time, so. Yes. Uh, uh, I think you did it the time before that. Yeah, so you could, you you roll it this time. Because I think you got Action of the Tiger. All righty. Um... I'm, like, I'm always so nervous and excited for this part. <laughs> Me too. Well, I'm nervous now because it's not loading. What's going on here? Okay, there we go. Uh, I'm going to share my screen. Cover you up so you don't keep seeing yourself reflected over and over. Um, okay, are we ready? We are ready for. We have. Wheel. The wheel of curiosity. Oh, we want to do that. We do that. Wheel, wheel of, of curiosity. I just remembered that I had a list of segments here that we could do, and we covered them all. Can it 007? Where's the 007 theme go? Sean Shaj Connery quote. We got that one. <laughs> And the status of the S are the S's. Yes. We we did all of those. The only one I've noticed from going back and listening to these podcasts, the only one I've noticed that we haven't done is 30 Seconds of Connery, which is something we brought up at the end of episode zero, where at the end of the episode, we do 30 seconds each, uncut, just talking about what we think of 
either the movie or the experience thus far. Do you want to try that? Sure. Okay. Do we want to do that before we spin the wheel or after? Before. Let's leave them waiting for a few more minutes. (laughs) All right. So I'll I'll end my screen share right now. Okay. I'll set a timer. And uh, you want to go first? I'll have you go first. Okay. Um, and 30 seconds of Connery begin I really liked this movie um, I don't know if I really really liked it but I quite enjoyed it and it was a nice uh, distraction from some of the crap we've watched recently it was much better than the Avengers um, it's nice seeing Connery mature um, and and act more mature as he's always acted mature but it's nice to see him age like a fine wine through these films and clearly he cares about this film because he's very good in it and that's 30 seconds for me all right 30 seconds 30 seconds of connery begins now all right i yeah i had a blast watching this uh you know it's not my favorite that we've seen so far in this series of podcasts but like you said i think he's uh has a great performance here he's uh pleasing to see in this movie i didn't feel cringy like i hate feeling cringy about an actor that i love so much and uh i thought it was a great time and uh, i recommend it to you connery listeners you got six seconds uh yes the name is bond james bond i don't know all right you're done all right <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to fill out six seconds I got seconds. nervous also I realized like wow you can condense so much more information into 24 seconds than I can <laughs> alright right, now now I think it's time wheel of curiosity alright can you see it I can see it here we go folks the wheel is spun close my eyes I'm closing my eyes Shalako. Shalako. Shalako is our next oh, film. Oh, he's so close to finding Forrester. Oh yeah, huh? And one one film above Five Days One Summer. Oh. Oh, and the Anderson tapes on the other side there. I would have taken the Anderson tapes. Oh, this is the <laughs> Connery goes western. Yeah. Oh. Yes, and I think he's playing an American, right? I'll be interesting to see. Uh, does he are, are the S's H'd in this? Let's see if he if he's done his first American accent. Shalako from 1968 is a British German American Western film directed by Edward Dimitrik and starring Sean Connery and Bridget Bardot. Huh. This is like Red Dead Redemption. I'm excited. She is rescued by Shalako, a former U.S. cavalry officer with a personal interest in keeping non-Indians off Indian land. So it is Connery playing an American. Oh, man. Huh. Huh. This is... Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. What? Oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh boy. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, am I still screen sharing? Okay, yeah. yes, I am. I'm sorry. Um, censorship. Two scenes are routinely cut when the film is shown on television the death of the cowboy sent to protect Bardo's character, and the rape and death of Honor Blackman's character. Oh, well, spoilers. Oh boy. Lovely. Lovely. I love. 
I love going into each one of these movies and then being delightfully surprised <laughs> by these things. <laughs> so fun. Oh, <laughs> At what point do you think we're going to give this up? <laughs> we're just going to be like, all right, this is like the ninth <laughs> film in a row that's had this. I, I don't think we, in good conscience, can't, can't do this anymore. We've gotten this far, man. I think I think we we got this. We're only ten percent of the way through. We could quit now. <laughs> no, we can't. We gotta at least watch a Bond for God's sakes. Yes, exactly. Or, and then we get like, which is the worst one? I think, uh, to, in terms of like women treatment, it's either Goldfinger, or You Only Live Twice, I for, think, or with Thunderball. Probably for Thunderball. Bond, uh, yeah. for Rushwood Love has a little bit of, in there. Where's Delecta? And like, kind of. Sla- smacks oh, around yeah. on on a on a train car there. I I think the one that might win though is um, Connery almost being killed on a stretcher, the stretching equipment due to no fault of the woman, <laughs> and then he's like, "Well, if you have sex with me, I won't tell them that you did this to me." Oh yeah, but she she didn't. So I think that might be the worst Connery gets as Bond, but maybe. Um. If it was him that says, I didn't know there was a pool down there. <laughs> That's what we're working for. Diamonds. Let's think about that, Dylan. We're yes, going to yeah. hit diamonds soon. <laughs> going to happen. But I don't know if I want that to be the first one we watch. Oh, no. I, 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 my... what, would you, what would you want the first Bond film we watch to be? Tween from Rush With Love or, uh, or Thunderball. I, yeah. I, want, I want to work for Goldfinger and Diamonds. I want Dr. No first. That'd be cool. That, that, that would be awesome if we actually hit them all in order somehow. Mm. That would be the weirdest karmic <laughs> thing universally. Just like, well, we know you're doing this completely random and you have a one out of ten, one in ten chance. So we'll just give you all these in order. <laughs> <sighs> well, I guess. I, so, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Connery Curious for this week. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been a super fun experience, and this has been so fun, dude. I'm having a blast. Yeah, man, it's like as we said earlier, it's helping my mental health. Same. It's just like granted, you know, not I haven't enjoyed all these films, <laughs> and uh, like Sword of the Valiant took a lot out of me, and the Avengers took a lot out of me, but uh, talking with talking with my good friend here. Makes yeah, that's what uh, gives me something to look yeah, forward to. Yeah, not week. to sound cheesy, but like this is what why I like doing it, not because of the films, because like, I get to hang out with you, we get to talk, Back and we're just we're laughing our asses off of, of like these, you know, something we have literally bonded over for <laughs> several years, and uh, it's cool. And I think I think we're gonna get some cool <laughs> stuff in the future. Uh, so yeah, we appreciate all the listeners so far, man. Like uh, the for uh, the Genuinely. the first episode, we had a lot of hits on the first uh, episode zero, and yeah, we're very surprised by the warm reaction we got to that. Yeah, especially not not to say that this person is better than anybody else, but but Paul Lally, <laughs> you sending that to us was the uh, that was us being notified by both you and the universe that we're onto something good. Yes. You know, that if, if somebody's reacting that positively to it, that they felt the need to send us a message from beyond the grave, uh, then we must be doing oh, something. Oh, yeah. And, like, for behind the scenes, this is being recorded on January 5th. Uh, so you guys might hear this several Happy weeks after Happy New Year, all that. Uh, so you guys might be hearing this a little later on in uh, the coming, uh, I think, a month after. Uh, but you want to tell them why? But uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a married man in uh, as of right now, three, four weeks. 
it's it's damn. it's terrifying uh so it's gonna be interesting uh so we decided, like, yeah, I want to do this podcast. We're going to be gone for three weeks. So me and Dylan have been kind of backlogging. So uh, honestly, it works out because once we're back after the wedding, we'll be a little closer to, like, recording times because I think we'll be, like, one off or so. Mm. Uh, and, then, and like, yeah, it's like, and again, if people are interested, you know, we, we might do some live shows, like a, a Twitch live show or like, hell, maybe we we go into the public and we like do a live show on stage. Who the hell knows? I'm so down for all of those. All of those things sound like heaven. lots, lots of possibilities, man. So, uh, so follow us on the various forms of social media. Uh, we'll We'll take any requests you guys have, any comments, concerns, email us, connorcurious at gmail.com. Send us more voice messages. Yes. Man. That was such a blast. Send us your, your, Paul, your, your you Connery again. impression review for mm-hmm. Connery Curious. And if you feel you can't do a good Connery impression, pick another Bond. There you go. To, uh, maybe maybe Roger Moore wants to thank us for doing this, you know? Hell yeah. Like, oh, so Also, dope. quick thing I just noticed. So Shalako is from 1978 or 1968, excuse me, 1968. The film before that was The Bowler and the Bunnett, which was a Scottish television program directed and presented by the film right before that was? that? You Only Live Twice. So in his mind, he is free now. So this is going to be our first... This is this is going to be his first film after Bond. Wow. Yeah, so we're going to be watching and I'm I'm he's going to be doing an American accent or maybe not, but we're going to see his energy level after being let go from a job he didn't like. Or quit or quit from a job he didn't like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you were working a shitty job for a bunch of years and then you left, like how full of energy would you be to do something new and prove yourself? So I'm excited to see what we're going to get in Shalako. Me too. Just praying for, I mean, it's a Western. I love a good Western. I haven't seen a good, like old Western in a while. Uh, so curious to see what it's like with Connery at the helm here. So that's going to be very interesting. So the last Western I saw was whichever one was on the TV in Cuba. That's Oh Yeah. <laughs> Because there's two, there's like three or four parts where the TV is on, and I think like two or three of them is western. Oh shit! And then there's the Mister Clean. Oh, and and the Mister Clean commercial comes after a western. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a western. Whenever anyone has a TV on, it's a western. Always. We were watching Carrie a couple months ago. There's, there's just a scene where William Cat and and Nancy Allen are just studying, and on in the background is a western. Yeah, jeez. Ah, <laughs> because uh, there's no rights. Oh to yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, so again, if you guys want to watch along with us, Shalako is the next film. We'll be back next Sunday for some more Connery curiosities. You guys have been great. And as always, I've been Mario Lima. And I've been Dylan Titus. Be sure to stay curious. Stay curious, folks. Good night. <laughs> Good evening. Connery Curious. You've been listening to Connery Curious, a Titus Compositions and Friggin' Nerds Media production. For more content, be sure to follow us on various forms of social media by searching Connery Curious. Be sure to rate and review the show wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.